Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just James. It's your host, James. I have my beautiful plant, Thomas, with me. The man, the legend, the boy, he's here. He's looking spectacular. Guys, we had the Queen's funeral on Monday. For those of you guys that watched it, it was it was spectacular. I can't fault a single thing on the day. It ran absolutely beautifully. The sheer effort I mean I can't even think of the right wording it made me very very proud to be British wow guys it was it was spectacular it was truly 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 spectacular uh and I know that you guys new to my podcast are going that's not a British accent no it's not I am originally South African I live in England I live in London uh I have a British passport I am a British citizen I've uh, declared my loyalty to the Queen and I am a British citizen. So I do see myself as British. I live in England. I probably, I think the only other place I'd ever really live is probably America uh, because I just love, love America. I love it there. I love the people. I love everything about it. But I do live in England and I do love England and I love England because my family's here. So if you guys watched it, it was very moving, very spectacular. And what a very very incredible event it was so yeah it made me quite teary actually it was really sad I mean I've been quite quite teary about the whole thing to be fair um you know I, two weeks ago my podcast was a 10 minute rambling of me telling you what's going to happen to the queen while I quietly sobbed in the background um but we're back to normal you know back to Pilates this morning it's just back to back to normality hey and it's Wednesday we're halfway through the week guys and I have the podcast out on time hooray uh, I know some some weeks I've been really terrible with this and I am going to have to record uh, my podcast I'm going to have to record next week's podcast and then just so that you guys know this, I'm going to be very upfront. My podcasts are never edited. I started from the beginning. I get all the way to the end. I take one take. That's it. And I believe that that's just who I am. It's just James. It's just me. It's just raw. It's just me sitting in my little flat in London and talking to you guys about things that I care about for a fraction of my week. And then I carry on with life, to be fair, and think about what I want to talk to you about next week. But on the 4th of, I normally record my podcast on a Tuesday because I, I it goes live 7am on a Wednesday in the UK. Um, so the 4th of uh, October, jeez, oh, I can't believe we're in October already, is the day my brother gets married. So the 4th, I will be um, at my brother's wedding and I'm actually away that week. So I don't want any issues. I don't want any worried that the podcast isn't going to go out that I can't get signal that I can't get wi-fi because I'm going to be out at the lake district which is a beautiful countryside in England and um the chances of me not getting the podcast out are quite high so next week I'm going to record two podcasts I'm going to record next week's one and I'm going to record the week after so I won't be able 
I'm just giving you guys a front. I won't be able to tell you who answered the conundrum or not because it wouldn't be live enough for me to do that. So I can either I'll give you the choice. We can either skip the conundrum for that week or for next week that you don't get the answers or we do the conundrum. But then on the week after, which is the 11th, I'll tell you the answer to that conundrum or whoever got the conundrum right. If you know what I mean, it's up to you. What do you what do you guys want? Tell me. Let me know. Uh, you can tell me on my Instagram, Just James Podcast. Um, I know I've been so bad at posting on there, guys. It's I just I've had like a bit of like a mental block with posting on social media in general lately. I'm the I think the only Instagram I've really been posting on is my dog grooming site because if I remember to take a picture of the dog while I'm grooming it. I'll put it on the site and, and then often so many of my dogs I don't I don't remember to do and then so many of those clients ask me why their dogs aren't on my Instagram and I feel so terribly bad and it's simply because I just don't don't remember to take a photo while I'm busy with them you know when I'm covered in dog hair the last thing I remember to do is take a picture of your little your little hound so I do sometimes forget but I've just had this mental block to social media lately and I almost like almost like I feel like I'm not putting myself out there I'm sort of sticking to myself a little bit maybe my podcast is the only outlet I'm using at the moment but I'm just caught sort of taking a weird little hiatus I'll post the odd thing in my story but I certainly haven't been posting much these days and certainly not as much as I used to I used to put my life on social media and I don't know maybe it's an age thing maybe it's a growing thing I'm not sure what it is but at the moment I just kind of just don't feel like it um you know I just kind of like sticking to myself a little bit um and it's so funny because I'll keep screenshotting cute sayings and stuff and be like oh this would be so cute on Instagram and then I just haven't posted any of them so I'm sure I'll get to it at some point oh excuse me I don't know I just had like a you know when you it wasn't a yawn but like I just needed air in my lungs like all this like feeling of just needing air I think it's just been one of these days Anyway, I'm good though. I'm good. I hope you guys are good. I had my future sister-in-law's hen party on Friday evening in Swindon. And it was a lovely evening, I must say. It was really, really great. But one of the things we did was a wine and cheese tasting. with I thought it was very overpriced for what it is. So I'm not going to say the company's name. But we did six wines and they gave us six blocks of cheese to go with each wine. Now... The block of cheese is probably two centimeters by two centimeters by 10 centimeters in length. So like a block of cheese. Well, did I not go ahead and eat all six blocks of cheese that came along with the different wines? All six of them. And I was sick as a dog. Absolutely mad. I'm pretty much from the end of the wine, cheese and wine tasting I was hit with the most severe lactose intolerance reaction of all freaking times. I literally, it ruined the rest of my night. I was up all night. I'm not going to give you any gory details, but man, oh man, oh man, was I man down. And my body was just absolutely unable to digest anything that I'd put in my body. It was sometimes I think it's I don't know if lactose is like a major it's the sugar that's found in milk and milk products but lactose intolerant can actually like 
bit part of a shortage of lactase. So I normally take lactase tablets and it's an enzyme. It's a little tablet that you take. You can get them on Amazon. They're amazing. It's called lactase. And if you're going to eat anything with glut- uh, gluten, with lactose in it, it counteracts it and it basically breaks the lactose down into similar forms of sugar like glucose so it can be absorbed better by the body. Now, of course, I didn't take any of those. And I think this infants have a high level of lactase, which helps them digest their mother's milk. And there's 70% of the world's population which have a genetic trait that cause lactase levels to start going down after babies, after weaning. And this drops to an intolerance. And I found, in my opinion, I think it happened after I had COVID. So I had very severe COVID right at the very beginning, sick for 21 days, and it affected everything in my body. And one of the things that the, that the COVID gave me was a really severe stomach bug. And I my stomach has never been the same. And I don't know if it's because maybe I've lost like the, the good bacteria versus bad bacteria, the lactic acid bacteria that breaks on the lactose. I don't know what it is, but... I feel that since I had COVID, my tolerance to gluten, I keep saying gluten, to lactose has changed dramatically. And some of the symptoms of it, and these are not all of them, for those of you guys that don't maybe suffer from lactose intolerance, is maybe gas, it's cramping, it's abdominal pains, nausea, bloating, diarrhea. It's not a great thing to go through. You know, indigested lactose, it's, it, basically pulls the water into your intestines and makes you like get it out of you it's it's horrendous so I had this absolutely horrific intolerable pain on Saturday I was in so much pain i and I the, the problem was that I shared a, a hotel room with my mom and I kept my mom up all night because I kept opening and closing the bathroom door and it was this banging bathroom door it was horrible it's just such a bad night it's probably not the topic any of you guys wanted to listen to this week but you know me I tell you everything I tell you what's going on and that's what happened in my world so um lactase is something that I take I find it <clears throat> really really helpful I go through stages with cheese I definitely can't handle a lot of it but um I in a personal preference, I literally mainly only eat grated mozzarella. That's like my cheese of choice. And I seem to be fine on that. So I buy a pack of grated mozzarella from Sainsbury's. And, you know, if I want cheese, that's that's sort of my cheese of choice. But, you know, it, I seem to be fine on that. But I'm certainly not good on any of the other cheeses. Clearly, 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 clearly. So I try and avoid it in my diet. I don't drink milk, for those of you guys that didn't know that. I don't like the smell of it, which is so strange. So neither does my mom. So I, I, if you make me a cup of tea, sure, I'll drink it. Absolutely no problems. I'm not that fussy to it. I'll, I'll be polite and I'll drink your tea. But I won't have a glass of milk. I don't buy milk. I don't put milk in anything in my home. I actually drink oat milk. It's my milk of absolute choice. Love oat milk. It tastes, I think it's very similar to milk. It's sort of got the wholehearted feeling of it, the, you know. Um, but that's sort of my, that's my drink of choice. So I don't really drink milk. I mean, I love cream and things like that. You know, if I was making a nice pasta, again, in moderation, I do like lactose-free milk though. I do find that quite nice. And 
I love things like goat's cheese. Um, what else? You know, like, you know, I suppose you can try yogurt instead of milk as well. But I do try and sort of avoid dairy as much as I can. But I do love it. It's so difficult. So it's such one of those weird things. So if anybody has any like great alternatives to dairy that you've come across that you think would be a great substitute for me or something that I should try or think about, I'm always open to new suggestions and ideas. So, you know, if you know any supplements that are really good, dietary supplements or things that, that sort of have product labels that you feel that I should rather check and things like that, it would be really helpful. So, um, you know, there's things, there's other lactose intolerance that have other health things as well that could include Crohn's disease, celiac disease. Um, um, what are the other ones? Um, I suppose an iron deficiency even in some ways, I suppose. I can't think of any of the other illnesses. But, you know, I think if you ever had like any severe situations where you sort of had like really sudden or severe stomach pains or vomiting of blood or dark flecks or, you know, black or bloody stools, severe persistence of constipation or inability to keep anything down, I'll definitely get medical help or something like that. Uh, it would definitely, definitely be something that you should have a better look at because I don't want anybody, I don't want any of us getting sick. I don't want any of us feeling that there's something that we can't handle. And I suppose sometimes these little things we have to talk about, we've talked about the awkward things that we do and happen. We're just human. It's body. It's normal. It's nature. Um, guys, I, I've had two instances of late where I've said yes to something feeling pressured in the moment. And I am as a person trying to stop being, so much of a people pleaser. It's definitely something I do. I always have. I tend to try and keep people happy and make people happy to my own detriment at times. And as I'm growing and I'm building boundaries and I'm eliminating friendships or people in my lives that I just feel are, um, I need a barrier from, I need boundaries from, one of the things I am learning to do now is to try and stop being a people pleaser. I always say yes. I say yes to a lot of things that I don't want to do. And then I step away and I feel guilty and I feel anxious and I feel stressed out about it. And one was in business and one was in a personal capacity. And in both instances, the business one, I've actually completely restructured my business to eliminate the thing that was in there that was creating a force and it was giving me work to do that I could potentially lose my premises over it was it's nothing illegal don't worry I just I don't want to repeat what the situation is because if that person potentially listens to this podcast I don't want them to realize that I'm actually talking about them um but I have put boundaries in place and gone I don't want to do this anymore and and try to stop people pleasing because I say yes to like make people happy and because I feel pressured into doing it but it you know and it can be really tempting to say yes to things that you don't want to do or because it's not going to be done uh, how do I say it it might as well just get it done so nothing bad happens you know what I mean like if you do it then you you've got more control over it but there's a high price for constantly aiming to make people happy. And I 
am struggling with it so much because I'm trying to rather focus on myself, maybe actually be a little bit more selfish to my own needs. And I suppress and repress things that, that people please. And then I feel used. And then I feel that I feel resentful towards other people because I see through the, the using of me, if that makes sense. So I am trying to make myself the top priority, trying to say that um, it's, it, it's more about me than it is about other people. And it sounds crazy, but it's something that I desperately need in my life. I need to make it more difficult for people to use me. And people-pleasing isn't something that just pushovers do. I'm not saying that I'm a pushover in any way, but I am a perfectionist. So because of that, I'm prone to do it myself because I feel like it pleases other people if I do it the right way. And the good news is that it is a changeable habit. So I thought, let's look at some of the tips together. Get some information together so that if you have this in your life, you know, let's try and all start living for ourselves. And I'm not saying become like a douchebag. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying there are circumstances where you can observe how you spend your time and your energy. And sometimes your time and your energy can be better spent in other ways. But you're so busy doing things for everybody else that you don't get any of the things that will be more beneficial to your business, beneficial to your life, beneficial to your social life. There are better things that you could be doing with your time, but you're so busy doing things for everybody else that are not good time management. And I'm not saying it's something to be judged. It's just something that we, if you observe in your life the things that are taking up a lot of time that you just don't have the time for because you don't have the but you also don't have the heart to say, no, these are what I'm talking about. So there's types of things that, that can stress you out. It can set you off. It can, it can make your life a little bit more difficult. And that's what I'm saying you need to say no to. So sometimes turning somebody down is actually a really good thing for you. So you know that the situation it, it puts a boundary in the place for the future as well. If somebody says to you, can you drive me to the airport and you have an eight o'clock meeting, you're going to miss that meeting because you have to drive somebody to the airport to be there for half past seven. It's not fair on you. So then next time they'll know to ask you if it's potentially going to affect your business. Because if you say no, you can't take them to the airport because you have a pre-booked meeting. They'll then in the future ask you if you're available rather than just expecting you to do it. So that's the sort of thing that I'm that I'm, that I'm thinking of that, you know, what is the baggage behind these things? What is the baggage and the repercussion where it's going to become a constantly asked request? Is that's what I'm saying? So there's certain times of requests that create a bad relationship or traumatic events. There's things that you stress you out, but you're so busy people pleasing that the old hurts and the losses of what's upsetting you gets forgotten because you're too busy making other people happy. So I suppose creating, being a people pleaser can also be a survival tactic. You know, if you've got marginalized backgrounds that you're repressing or things that have happened in your past and it's easier for you just to be nice to people, sometimes that, that's not a very good thing as well. There's a lot to unpack in that and I get that. I very, very much get that. And um, 
but I think we need to start setting ourselves some goals. And I know that I had a really down week last week. I wasn't feeling myself at all. I made that very clear. And I licked my wounds for a couple of days and went, right, let's set up some new goals. Let's say this certain amount of times a day that I'm allowed to be, feel sorry for myself, but you're not getting a whole day out of it. And last week I had a whole meal out of it. I was really unhappy last week. I was just really down, really sad. I think I just needed to vent a bit. And I felt so much better talking to you guys about it. And I value that. I value that I, I feel comfortable enough to use this platform to talk to you and as much as you may listen to me for advice and I don't know why you listen to my podcast maybe because I'm a complete nutcase but talking to you also helps me and I'm I I love that and I I really really felt so much better after after I could just vent to you last week and I want to thank you so thanks for letting me be me and this podcast and just sticking around I really appreciate you all um, it's actually making me teary. I feel like I want to cry. Jeez. Um, I'm actually tearing. It's so ridiculous. I don't know why. Right. Pull yourself together, James. Pull yourself together. Right. Um, I think underneath your bandwidth, we have to learn respect. What do I mean by that? So we, once you've had a sit down, You've had a look at all the areas that you're people-pleasing and picked up where you're people-pleasing. I would say try this over a week, over a month, you know, determine your energy level and your calendar and see what you're people-pleasing in and how full your plate is. Now, now you look down and you go to your calendar and you go, right, I am doing this and this and this and this for other people. Have I said too many th- yes to too many things to to be busy in a day, in a week, in a month? Where is the you time in this? So I would say look at your week and realize, right, I'm spending 90% of my doing things that make me feel trapped. And this is why I'm anxious. Then the next time somebody asks you for something, assess your time and energy before you take on your responsibilities. So you, if you put it out and you can see, right, Monday to Friday, I am completely committed myself. Then on the weekend, I've now committed myself to six parties. I don't have any time to sit down and relax by myself. I've got no time to spend with my loved ones. I've got no time to cuddle my dog. There has to be a gift somewhere. And if you can start identifying where your time is being spent, then the next time somebody asks you for something, you're going to be a lot more mentally conscious of the fact that you need to assess your time and you need to assess your responsibility before you take the energy on of creating a new responsibility. So some people feel like they're missing out on things and they just want to be involved in everything. I was one of those people. COVID hit and my whole life and mindset changed. I completely changed my energy. I don't want to go out and party every weekend. I just don't. I am so much happier being in my own little space, in my own little housey, cleaning my little rooms, being happy by myself. And if I want to spend time with you and I feel that you're worthy of my time, I'll go and spend time with you. If I don't, I'm quite happy being on my own. But that's my mindset has changed so dramatically. But there was a time in my life when I had parties from party I would leave one party go to the next one leave that party go to the next one I got a four five six parties in a day slash night because I was people pleasing so freaking much that I couldn't say no to anybody 
And I was so petrified of missing out on something that I couldn't turn around and actually give myself the free time. And when I finally lay down and had a moment to myself, I was almost like incapable of being by myself. And then you end up having shitty relationships. You end up having people around you that are toxic for you, but they're constantly there. It's exactly what I was going through. That's this, this, this consistent wheel turning of, of people pleasing and I am trying to change it. I, pe- I people please in different ways now where if you ask me to do something, I say yes, then I feel bad and then I let you down and then I look like an arsehole and I need to stop doing that. I need to start saying no if I don't want to do something because that's where I'm really bad and I do it in business. I, you know, you, I overpromise projects. I can't reach them and then I look like a bad person. So I'm changing all of that. In my dog grooming as well, people have asked me to do things I don't feel comfortable doing. I've done them and then I don't feel happy that I've done them. So, you know, there's a difference between desire and obligation. So you have to realize that there is also a line here. If your boss asks you to do something, you don't want to people please. That's a very different thing. That's not people pleasing. That's your job. That's, that's a responsibility that's come from your line manager. I'm talking about things that distinguish between feeling excited to say yes for something and when you feel like it's an obligation. So if you do things from a place of guilt or obligation, then it's guaranteed to lead to resentment. Because when a people pleaser doesn't see someone spending the same amount of time and energy on them, that that makes a people people pleaser feel robbed. So start to notice the kinds of requests that align with your values or making you feel good. So if there's some tasks that you, that have to get done, sure, there's an intention of saying yes to be an eye-opening. So before you say yes, I would say you need to pause. You need to do what you what is urged. How do I say this? Um, are you doing it because there's an urge to please somebody, or is there? Or is is it going to create a tension and an anxiety? So pausing before you say yes also buys you a little bit of time to assess what's really behind the request. Was it a demand? Was it a suggestion? Was it an anxious thought that led you to helping that person or doing something for that person? And learn the art of the soft no. So there is a little bit of difference between a hard no and a soft no. Now a hard no is clear, conscious, and brief. No, thank you. Or thanks so much for asking, but I won't be able to this week. I met somebody, they asked me if I would dog sit their dog and their children. I said, absolutely not. My job is not to babysit children. It's a hard no. Now, soft no, it might be easier for recovering a person, for a recovering people pleaser. So, this is where you give more of an explanation. So, for example, you say, thank you for asking me to do this project. It sounds really exciting, but I don't have the bandwidth to do so at this time. Simple. Um, you know, soft no should be about three sentences long. A common mistake is over-explaining yourself because you can over-explain yourself till you over-apologize and then you actually talk yourself back into doing the task. So, if you talk too much about it, and give too much information, you give them an opportunity to find a flaw within that question that they can then turn around and go, but this this would help you if you did this and this and this. Can you still do it? And you go, oh, well, I suppose now I have to. So it's keeping it short 
it's keeping it soft and it's just giving it two to three sentences as to why you can't do it. Oh, the sky is still there. I'm okay. The world isn't going to collapse around me. And that is simplicity of it. So it's something you have to practice. It's something that's going to take time. It's not something that we're all going to pick up overnight. It's not something that we're going to understand overnight. But I think if we can consciously start realizing what's making us anxious, what's making us concerned, and where we need to maybe draw some lines and some boundaries, it's going to help us focus on the things that are going to keep us motivated. It's going to help us build that empire. It's going to help us build a stronger family life and family home when you're doing things that you really want to do and not doing things that are going to make other people happy. And I think that's the the lesson I want us to take out of that. So one of my listeners the other day came to me and said, Jamie, you have got two businesses. You love what you do. You absolutely talk about it all the time. I find it so motivating and thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you saying that. And one of the things that this follower said is that, can I give some tips on some small businesses to start when you have very little money? Now, this isn't going to work for everybody. I think there's so many things, there's so many niches, there's, there's so many ideas that you have to find that are going to work for you. So I, HubSpot has got some great uh, blogs. And one of the blogs that they do is small business ideas. And this is where I received this from. So they've got many different topics underneath this. One being like businesses from home, businesses to start from your car, um, businesses that start with very little money. And that's the one that I thought that I would focus on. So if you, you'll find this blog on HubSpot, um, I'm reading this author blog just so you know. Give them full credit because this is where I got this information from. I googled it, looked for ideas. This came up and I thought it was a really, really great blog. So I'm not going to go into great detail because I think if you were interested in this, go and find the blog because it's it's worthwhile going and giving their website the foot traffic because they did come up with this and I think that's a really great thing. So some of the ideas that they gave, and I'm going to read them out, like I said, I mean, they, they like, for example, the first one says translate it, says speak a, speak a foreign language, question mark, start a translation service, consider specializing in a specific genre or translation, like medicine or financial cons, um, translations, as, it might be, as you might be able to find a niche you need in your community. So that's an example. It's just one thing, and then like a little line underneath it, so... It's, it's two sentences under every single topic. So I'm going to read the headings as, as the ideas. And then it's something, if, you, if one of them peaks in your brain and something you go, oh, I like the idea of that, then I would suggest you go and do a little bit more research on that. So best businesses to start with very little money. Number one is a translator. Number two is a garden designer. Number three, an e-commerce store owner. Number four is a travel planner. Number five is a home inspector. Six is a house cleaner. Very, very popular one. Great, easy to do. Uh, seven is a personal chef. Eight is a property manager. Uh, nine, packing service facilitator. Ten is a massage therapist, but I'm pretty sure you'd have to be trained in that. Uh, Eleven is a crafter. Interior designer. I'm bored of reading the numbers, so I'm going to stop reading the numbers. Uh, non-profit owner. 
well, I mean, isn't that just us anyway? We don't make any profit in our lives. <laughs> to a guide, a tutor, a consultant. Oh, I see as I'm going down this, there's a download free consultant success kit. So that might be another idea. You go go and find this little um blog. It's blog.hobspot.com forward slash sales forward slash small dash business dash ideas. And there's a download now, free consult consultation success kit. So that might be a great thing to look at for somebody keen on this. Uh, event planner, personal assistant, which is something I do. Uh, consignment shop owner, caterer, gym owner, boutique agency owner, coffee shop owner, moving company, home staging, makeup artist, professional organizer, uh, and that's it. That's the ideas that they gave. So they, if anybody's looking to start a small business with very little capital, there are some ideas for you guys. I know in the last couple of podcasts I've been saying I would give some cleaning tips on each one, but I think I'm pushing this podcast a little bit far. So I'm going to leave it this week and I'll pick up the clean, somewhat cleaning tips from next week again because I know you guys said you liked those on the podcast. And for somebody like me who loves cleaning, that is always an option to give you guys information on it. Now, last week's conundrum, I was in stitches, guys. The answers that you guys gave me were hilarious. Michelle, you gave me the, the most and the best answers, but some of you guys had the funniest, funniest, funniest answers. The, the conundrum was, what is easy to get into but hard to get out of? So I'm going to, I've wrote down the ones that I found the funniest. I, honestly, I found them so funny. So I'll leave the answer for last. So what is easy to get into but hard to get out of? The answer was weight, sports, your bra, bathing, a suit, jail, underwear, the bath, a relationship, marriage, kids, a job, and commitments. Um, and then uh, Su Suzelle, um, I can't seem to find your inbox. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if I deleted our conversation. I just can't seem to find the message. And you had a really funny one. And I'm so sorry. I, I just, I don't know where your message has gone on my inbox. I don't know what I did. I seem to have lost it. I don't know if I'm just being really dumb. And I was kind of looking for it quickly before I started this podcast. So please DM me what you said because you was it was so I was in tears. You were so funny with your answer. Guys, so but the answer was travel and Mish, of course, my conundrum queen, first one in, gave the best answers, and you had travel as well. Uh so all the other ones. Mish, funny enough, was the only one that actually got trouble. Um, but the others were all very, very, very good answers. So well done, guys. This week is uh what kind of room has no doors or windows? What kind of room has no doors or windows? So send your answers to Just James Podcast, just underscore James underscore podcast on Instagram. And I'll give you guys a shout out next week for that. Um, my social media follow for this week is a very sweet dad and daughter duo. They're Australian. They are called Ben and Zara, B-E-N-A-N-D-Z-A-R-A. And they do songs together, they do dances together, but hilariously funny. I know they've been on quite a number of talk shows in Australia because they've just, they're just a very wholesome page, very sweet. 
and the dad sort of is the background singer and I think he does it for Zara because she loves she loves to entertain but really wholesome awesome little uh TikTok page or Instagram I'm sure they're on Instagram but really really nice one to follow if you're looking for just a really sweet little duo to <laughs> give you give you nice little vibes a nice little happy um you know wholesome, wholesome content to to watch uh, but this week, guys, you know, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. So let's go out there this week and let's give that 10% of what we need to do and give 90% of how we're going to survive it. Let's put our hearts and souls into this week. Let's work hard. We've got two more nights until it's weekend. And then you can relax, spend the time with your dog, spend the time with your family, go hang out with your ex, do what you want to do. Do what you need to do this weekend. Um, but let's just get to the end of the week, guys. We're almost at the end of September. Can you absolutely handle it? And um, I will see you again next week. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.